Welcome to episode 85 of Collins Conversations. Today I talk with podcast host, TV journalist, videographer, and all-around creative dude, Chef T. While he might not actually be a chef, he does give us his recipe for success, tells us how he gets his podcast up and running each week, and there's so much inspiration in here. If you don't get up and go do stuff, I don't know what's wrong with you. So after a few quick words from our sponsor, let's get into it. What happens if you're good in real life and if you're nice to people and respectful and show other people respect, it all will trickle into you and your followers. All right. You know, you only gain things when you're when you're real, when you're authentic. We are on Collins Conversation. I always let the guests introduce themselves, let everybody know who you are, a little bit about what you do, and kind of what brought you here. Yeah, well, I'm Chef T. I'm an overall creative. I've done stuff from videography. I'm a photojournalist at Channel 3. Um, just anything creative I do. And I really just wanted to you know, talk about my life and podcasting. I also do. Right. And talk about who I am. Your, yeah. po- your podcast is The Stir Fry. Yes, sir. Uh, I think you guys are just over a year in, right? Yep, just over a year in. Pretty about excited 54 about 54 episodes. 54 today. Bam. Boom. Um, kind of give everybody a quick, uh, like, an elevator's pitch of what, what's the premise of the show. So the Stir Fry is just a place where, you know, anybody that's doing something that's not um, just an everyday thing, you know, they're trying to expand who they are. They're trying to create things and bring things into this world, whether it's you know, creating a podcast where it's making music, videos, um, really anything. Just the whole goal of the, the show is to put a display of people that create. That's know? kind of the same guys with this with my show. I kind of went with, well, lately it's been a lot of musicians, but the idea is educators, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. Okay. Figuring that anybody that's educating or entertaining is somebody that you could make good content with. Yeah. Because you know, all content to me has to be a mix of something that I could learn something from, but also kind of, you know, kind of tune off and be like, all right, I like that, or I like the message, and just keep moving. Very few people have been able to pull this off. You've gone a year and you have a co-host, Will the Space Kid. Yeah. Um, was it both you guys sitting around one day like we need to have a way to kind of get get these thoughts out or what made it yeah. a joint effort? So that's the thing. Me and Will, we're roommates. Mm-hmm. We've been roommates for two years now. We have conversations all the time and it's in-depth conversations. You know, we talk about things that are going on um, and especially, you know, we grow up in kind of two different backgrounds mm-hmm. and it's really great to sit with somebody and have a conversation and talk about real world problems that are happening today and even just his thoughts on something, my thoughts on something. We never, if we agree, you know, we talk about it. If we disagree, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's more about knowledge, you know, it's not about um, I'm right, you're right, or this is the right way to do it. This is, this is the wrong way to do it. It's about we are able to sit and talk with each other. And I think that's important in a co-host as well as a friend. Right. And, you know, he provides that. Yeah, I couldn't think of a a better co-host because just from the outside perspective, to me, it sounds like you're leading the show. But then you're kind of almost forget about him on a few episodes. You're like, wait a minute. This was him and Will. And then next thing you know, he comes in with a great kind of follow up to what you said. Yeah. It's kind of just like the sensei kind of sitting back in the back lane like, hey, man, you missed this part. Let me bring this back up. Yeah, I think that we have a good like bounce because he can fill in 
when you know he might have a great question that I didn't ask. Right. He can just boom fill in, or you know, he may think different about a situation and then he'll jump in again. And we both know the dynamic of this show, right? And I think that's also important because we're not trying to both chase the the lead role. Right. You know, we're we talked about it previously about how we're splitting this up, how it's going to work, and everything was clear from the get go. Nice. So we don't have those problems. Absolutely. You know? And um, that could definitely make for an awkward thing if you had an awkward episode and then you had to pass to do go into the bathroom in the middle of the night. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and it, it, it's funny because you know when we first got. We had one sponsor when we were first starting out, and you know that conversation came up. How do we split the profits? And we handled it perfectly because we were able to talk about it. Absolutely, it wasn't like, "Oh, I think I deserve this. I think I deserve this." We had a conversation about it, and that's how we solved the situation. And there was no arguing, and it Perfect. was great. Yeah, absolutely. How'd you guys come up with the name Stir Fry? So I, I mean, all right, Chef T is right. me. You know, it's my brand. And when I had this idea of doing a podcast, because I fell in love with them, you know, over about a year and a half ago, I wanted to do something that encompasses who I am and also what I represent. So to me, the stir fry is we're combining a bunch of different things in a pot and we're serving it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're an entertainer, whether you're a painter, um, you know, an educator, we serve to our community and give them this plate, you know? And then that's what kind of the surfer represents for me. I'd, I'd be killing myself as the creator myself. What made you pick the yellow? <laughs> Everything you do, you have that signature yellow color. Oh yeah. Is, the, is, is that just you? Cause I know you, glasses wise, you go red and everything. Yeah. Was it just kind of like, we need a bright, get your attention color? You know what, I just have, so the way I do things, I kind of just feel it, mm -hmm. you know? Like one night I was just sleeping and woke up and I had this idea of the, the cover that it is today. Mm -hmm. And it in my head, it just was yellow, you know? Right. And, and I do understand. I had took marketing classes in college, and, and I understand the idea of branding and, you know, and going hard with your brand. So I decided the yellow is going to be our brand. It pops out. Right. Um, especially the contrast of the gray background. Uh, so I really wanted that to be our brand. But it really just came to me, you know? And that's how most of the stuff kind of does. I just experiment and then... Or I'll have an idea and it'll just pop up in my head. You yeah. use the, uh, just about the same song, I think, in every promo clip that you do. Is, is yeah. that Will that kind of came up with the music end of it? No, that's actually my buddy Steve-O. Nice. Steve-O Beats, yeah. Steve-O Beats. I was like, man, if he knows Steve-O, I got to go be like... Yeah, yeah not the actual Steve-O. Steve um, Podcast-wise, I know my show is a pain in the ass to get on. Um, what's the kind of the process of how you guys figure out what guests you want to have or what topic... Because I think where I kind of go base my stuff off the guest and kind of go off there, you kind of, it seems like you have like a set uh, list of topics that you guys kind of want to cover. You know, we, at the Stir Fry, we're pretty loose. You know, I just, again, I'm big into to kind of like feeling out people and who they are. Right. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, you know, reach out to me. Not everyone gets to be on the podcast. Obviously, like you know, not everyone gets to be on your show. Right. Um, because we do want to see people that have a clear idea of who they are mm -hmm. and a clear brand for themselves and actually respect themselves enough to, I know, want to respect us. Right. So it's a variety of ways. We either reach out to people. A lot of people have been reaching out to us. Um, we're really interested in... in in how our shows come out. Mm -hmm. So like you said, topic-wise, we're big into the topics. Um, we really wanna make sure each episode is kind of different in its own way and represents an idea that the the guest has. 
but also a shared idea that we have where we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it were really interesting just to get to know people and to network. But like, again, reaching out to me is the best way, but there's no exact process. Right. You know, I, I think with mine, at least I've every two or three episodes, I kind of change the process. Like originally it was just, if, if I liked what you were doing or you liked what I was doing, yeah, like, it's kinda... let, let's, let's have it on. And then once I kind of realized, like we were saying off camera, how much editing goes into it, how much actual yeah. like work that I'm doing to produce what I'm producing, then it's like, whoa, hold, hold up. Let me make sure you're taking it seriously or that you have at least some supporters. No, I mean, I think it's a great idea and I think that it's good to try different things like you do. Right. Um, and it's good to float around and, and, and have, right, like, so that's that's a way to inter- interrupt the show and have it from, I would have a different feeling answering that from, right. from what you would say to me. Absolutely. And I do think that's great. I just, for me personally, it's just not how, I guess, our show is set up in a way that it's, more, I want to have more conversational based, mm-hmm. and like that will interrupt the flow maybe of of what what I do, you know. But everyone right. does things differently and has their own strategies. Yeah, what I like with that too is it, it might the way that you respond to that might then create a question in me and then kind of go off that one yeah. and back into the conversation feel. And then all right, after we kind of go all the way through that topic, oh, let's get back into the the other video or what have you. Yeah, especially when people actually want to be a guest and they take the time right. and effort to get people to submit. It also helps you because it shows that this person is not a joke. Right. You know, this person is serious about what he's doing. The, the amazing thing to me is a, l- a lot of people, especially, I mean, a lot of people have thousands of followers. But yeah. to get three to five people to actually take the 30 seconds to sit down, hold a camera and say, hey, I want to know this about Chef T or, hey, I want to know this about whatever. Yeah. Like that shows that, hey, you actually have real support behind you. So let, let that- me help build that real support and let's find you more people that really support it. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that drives me nuts when they have fake followers, dude, right. or fake fans. Or you have, like, again, it's not even about your followers. That's what, at the surf ride, we don't, like, I'm, and I'm sure you can agree. I would rather have somebody that has a thousand followers, but has people that really enjoy that person. 100%. On. Like, I don't, like, I don't want you with 20K followers and... When it comes to it, no one's no one's actually fo- no one's actually supporting you. Yeah, we've had uh, and you're cocky about it. That's my peppy. Cocky for sure. That's kill- that's a killer thing. See, it's all about sustainability. Hundred percent. You know, these people that have these followers and think that's all that's to it and to be successful, that's not the case because it's not sustainable. They took Instagram away. What are you doing? Right. You know, are you able to go across platform or do you have real fans in real life? Right. You know, I may not have. 10,000 followers yet (laughs) but but in real life you can go to any place and i guarantee you'll find somebody i know or who might talk highly of me because i i personally value that network and value interpersonal relationships in person right right you know it's more than it's more than just followers on instagram and what happens if you're good in real life and if you're nice to people and respectful and show other people respect it all will trickle into you and your followers. Right. You know, you only gain things when you're when you're real, when you're authentic. What started the red glasses? I gotta know. What it was about a year and a half ago, it looks like. Yeah. It was about a year and a half ago. I mean, I've always worn like sunglasses, it was always kind of my thing. Is that is that just kinda of, you saw those and you're like that right there, that's me, that's my brand. I mean, let's be real, it's it's, it's a branding thing. For sure. You know? It's it's a branding thing and I'm a person I like to just be different mm-hmm. and that's just how i always am I'm always trying to go against the wave i'm since i was a little kid um 
but I don't know, I saw them online. I was like, okay, I just need new shades. You know, just because I, I usually break mine and <laughs> I know that all. Like too these well. are probably like my twentieth pair, to be honest with you. Just order them in bulk, you get the whole case. Oh and yeah. Just kind of <laughs> once you break, just swap them out. Just swap them out. Like but yeah, that. I mean, I was just online. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are dope, and I ordered them. And I, they're just gonna be regular sunglasses, and I put them on. I was like, these are it. <laughs> these are it because they are different, and they kind of fit my personality and who I am. You know, and I just went with it because, I don't know, you know, one day down the line, if someone uh, wants to play me in a movie, I'll have the brand, you know. They're they're gonna, the they know exactly what they have to get for an outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. I plan that much in advance. That's all right. They don't have to buy shoes in my, in my biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I like to use the computer for is the thing I call name dropping. This is a quick segment. Uh, you seem like the type of person that not only do you have, have a nice tight crew of people, but you also like kind of promoting a few of them. Yeah. So I'm going to pull up a couple names that I know that you either know them or you guys are tied together somehow. Okay. Um, and kind of just give me the background of the relationship. If there's any good stories that come to mind um, wh and why people need to know more about who these people are. Gotcha. Um, the number one that we'll go with, we already mentioned his name before. Um, but let us know a little bit more about with name dropping. Who is Will the Space Kid? Well, Will Space Kid, he's an entertainer. He's one of my best friends, my roommate, um, a creative, a rapper. Uh, he, he's, he's a really amazing guy. He's, um, he's someone that, you know, through my years of being a creative and creating things and working with people, uh, we have like-minded things. We understand what it takes to create things. We mm -hmm. understand what it takes to, you know, what sacrifices need to happen in order to get the product we want. Um, and like I said earlier, it's about our collaboration. No one's no one's better than the other. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. I help him out on videos. He helps me out networking and, and promoting. He understands marketing, and just uh, just a great guy. To and I'm glad to say he's my friend and and be able to work with him and create things. Absolutely. And uh, what's one thing that people need to know more about Will Will the Space Kid? Huh. No more about Will's face yet. Well. I mean, I just think about approachability. Like, you guys just, you know, he might be someone that you think, if you see him in public, or if you, you know, see him on Instagram, you might think that he's not approachable. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, the friendliest guy ever. You know, he, he's just, like, someone that's kind of just, kind of straight face all the time. But... He's approachable. He's friendly. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Absolutely. You guys were on tour together uh, not too long oh, ago. Yes. Um, was there anything while on tour with them that made you want to leave him off the bus? Okay. It's got to be the the heat. Like, it is, wasn't is, just is, is him. Just a cold body? Or yeah. Was it? He just, it, it was 80 degrees the whole trip. You know, it wasn't just <laughs> him. Everybody else was there would just love the heat on, but it drove me nuts. I was like sweating in my sleep and <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, that was probably the worst part about Because I was already hungover, you know, from I'm shooting, I'm drinking, and then next night right. I'm sleeping in, waking up sweating, just like <laughs> thinking I'm going to die. Were you just like oh the documentarian God. on that tour, or what was your role when you guys were out there together? Yeah, I mean, I was just a videographer trying to capture everything, trying to uh, make, I, I mean, I made tour videos for each city we, we went to. We went to like five cities, mm -hmm. um, straight down um, from Pittsburgh to Atlanta. Nice. It was sweet. 
Absolutely. That was when I was uh, I was living off my um, just my own production company. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Our next one. Who is? Let's see which which order do we want to go with? Let's go with who is Spit of Beats. Spit of Beats. One of my you know he's been my friend forever. Mm -hmm. We started uh, back when I used to make music. Cause I used to be a rapper. Right. That's actually where Shefty came from. But um. Yeah, he's one of my great friends that goes back to, to high school. Um, I remember when he approached me in the lunchroom because me and my buddy Steve, which is Steve O'Beats, mm -hmm. um, we used to be the kids in high school that rapped, <laughs> right? And people knew that. Right. And I just remember him approaching me and Steve like, yo, we got to make a tr track together. And he was spinning me bars in the, in the cafeteria. And, um, and after that, we became good friends. We started working on music. And he, yeah, we started this group called LIV, which mm -hmm. included me, him, my other buddies, Manny, Nick Lotz, Kev Lotz. Um, and yeah, that was our, that was the start of our relationship. And it's been to now, I've worked on all of his videos. I've uh, been just a creative hand in, in each of their, their, um, their careers. So. so if LIV needs a video, it's coming out coming out of the Chef T vault. Oh, if anybody else makes it, <laughs> they're done. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I mean, I'm the I'm the videographer, uh, but I don't mind. You know, if they go somebody else get a video. We just we just have this this aura around us when we're creating a video, mm -hmm. and it's just like no other. And I just love working with them. I love you know Spit of Beats is amazing. He's always about what he says, uh, and same with Nick Kev. Manny, they're just great to work with and be creative with because they give me I'm, I'm a type of person that I like to have I have an idea, you know, and I have an idea. I want to execute the idea mm -hmm. and they're they're They get their say in it, but they know that overall they can trust me gotcha. with what I'm doing You know, so I mean, we'll they've see. known you a long time. It only makes well, yeah, sense, that's what I'm saying They could just they could literally not even know what they're gonna go walk into and I shoot the video and it's good They know it's gonna be amazing Absolutely. Um, I, let's use this one now. This was going to come later. But what is the top three things required to make a good music video from your standpoint as the content creator? Yeah. I mean, imagination is number one. Mm -hmm. Because you, you may think you need the best camera. You may think you need the best lens, the best lights. The, you know, everything needs to be the best. Mm -hmm. Throw that the window. Because you need to have creativity. You need to use imagination. You know, honestly, the best stuff that I've ever created has come from my imagination. I didn't always have a great camera. I didn't always have great lights. But what I did was I used my creativity and used my resources that I had to produce great things. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're limited. Well, you have an iPhone. Well, let's go with a grunge type video. Because that's what you're capable of doing. Right. That makes but sense. But you could still make it look great. You had a really good... Um I'm so bad with names. Uh, earlier in your in your podcast, uh, Asian photographer, he's like 17. Uh, oh yeah, Jacob Marr. There it is. My you, dude. You guys had a really good back and forth there in, in his episode talking about. I think he had like a $200 used camera and yeah. lens and everything like that, and kind of like, well, you could stay home and not make it, or you could go to the grog shop and shoot Machine Gun Kelly and yeah. start that your career. That kid's gonna be famous. Anybody that's 17 that's already kind of get that framework, as long as they find the right team and they have that same hustle, yeah, it'll be good to go. 
that was a, I really like that story though because there's so many people myself included like we were saying I started yeah. off with this and then get a little bit more money you get a light or you get a camera you get a backdrop you get slowly acquire different pieces parts you learn how to use the pieces parts and see where to go next instead of just I don't have it yeah. so I can't start yeah exactly and think about it because if you were to get the best camera I don't know how to use it, so it doesn't do me any it's good. It's garbage. Yeah, first of all, yeah, first of all, it's garbage. You, you won't even know how to use it, and it'll look like the yeah. iPhone camera. But also, it's just about, you know, those people that do struggle in the beginning tend to make some of the best work. Yeah, because they've kind of learned to overcome. And, yeah, if, and you're, like if you're a rich kid and someone gives you a red camera, and if you're, you know, a kid that's poor but yet is making it work with his you know, just basic canon. Mm. I mean, yeah, the guy will have more resources, but ultimately I think the guy with the canon will have a better story and will understand things better and will ultimately be more successful in his career because he's seen the struggle and he understands the idea of chasing a dream. Mm. You know? What was your first camera? My first camera was a Canon T6. Canon T6. Still have it. Still have it? Still have it. Um, I actually got, you know, it's funny. Shout out to my buddy Calvin because, you know, when I first switched into filmmaking, I, um, he, I really wanted to get a camera. I didn't have a, so basically I first switched to filmmaking. I didn't have a camera and, um, he lent me the money to buy my camera and to start out my career without him. I don't, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, I would be behind. That's awesome. Everybody kind of needs that, either the first loan or the first borrow. Or yeah, and it was it was like I mean it's three hundred dollars, but to me back then I couldn't I didn't have three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, I'm a college student, I don't have right. money. Um, now that we actually pulled up a couple of these, let's <laughs> use some technology real quick. So our section here that we're going to go through, uh, we're going to go through a quick couple of questions from people that took the time okay. to submit videos. First one. Will the space cut? I think we might have to send a bill. This is like the fourth time that we gave him a mention. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did not sponsor this. He did not sponsor this, but he could. the stir fry could sponsor an episode yeah. one day. You never know. Yo, Chef T, do you like making videos in black and white or in color? Give me a reason why. If anybody didn't hear it properly, do you prefer to make videos in color or black and white and why? You know, that's a hard question because... I'm somebody, again, that goes off of the content. Mm -hmm. You know, I produce things off of the content of whatever, you know, I'm guessing he's talking about music videos. Um, and, you know, I've done a few black and white, but it, there's been a meaning behind it. Um, the one thing I do like about black and white is it just, it reminds me of, like, film. Mm -hmm. And in college, I loved shooting on film and black and white film. Um, so I do enjoy that. But color, I think allows so much opportunity you know to to really make to fit a mood you know black and white is already portraying one kind of mood and and um the uh color you're able to shape it you're able to kind of especially with um color grading with my camera i am able to shape it to like a happier mood like little you know yellow tones mm -hmm. and shape it to blue tones maybe for like a more emotional scene so i do think color would actually allow me to to do more so i, I would say color 
at the end of the day. I think that makes sense because I'm, I'm nowhere near where you're at. I'm like, you're way up there. I'm like, hey, man, I got this new little camera and shit. But like, <laughs> I think both... I did go to school for it. You so. did. So you're way ahead of me on at least formal education. But what from the little bit of photography, videography that I've done, I think black and white is far more forgiving. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as long as you have a decent amount of contrast everything looks great in black and white opposed to where if you kind of throw too much saturation or something in in the color yeah. then it's like that doesn't look real opposed to like it looks more authentic almost in a nice contrast black and white that's facts yes because well and especially if you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. you know because it's so easy to throw a LUT on something which is i don't know if people don't know it's uh, kind of a, a cheat for color grading you just throw throw it in there and it, it kind of gives you a color scheme of what you want it's like a preset yeah basically a preset um and if you don't know how to use it, it looks bad. It's right. cheesy. But like we go back to say, if you have a, a like kind of a, 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 a like shittier camera, then a LUT's not gonna look good at all on mm -hmm. that. But black and white, you're safe with black and white because again, you can save yourself. You know that little bit of grain, especially if you're shooting at night. Black and white's way nicer mm -hmm. because that grain it goes in with it. You know, then you can make it. You can formulate it, you know, to, to what you're to what you're shooting. If I'm in, uh, if I'm doing, for example, a situation where it's a performance and there's not many lights, and I'm got to boost up my ISO to you know 3200, which is terrible for grain. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no crisp image. I might go with black and white because it's gonna look. Like I meant to do that. Gotcha. You know, it's about saving your saving your own ass at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Especially as a filmmaker and, and using what you have to, to your advantage and cre to be creative with it. Like sometimes black and white can make a statement. Mm -hmm. You know, like I shot a video for my buddy um, Heartbreak Blake and I shot that all in black and white. Um, and at first I didn't want to do it all black and white. I wanted to have it like black and white with a little bit of red tones. But I realized that the whole story is about what's going on politically and, and you know, racial tension. And I wanted to display that. You know, I wanted to display the grit and the, the, heart, the heartache that, you know, people are facing. Mm -hmm. And that was a good way to do it. And, I mean, if I didn't color, I don't know if it would be as powerful. Absolutely. When you're watching things, is it hard for you to, like... Just sit down and watch a Abs film. Oh my god! Absolutely, my girlfriend gets so mad at me because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that was a beautiful image. Ooh, good shot. No, I lo I'm obsessed. You know, right. I love, um, I love just beauty and images. You know, people create beautiful things, mm. and it's just amazing that I'm able to sit and watch them. You know, and, and yeah, it's, a lot of these things are you know million dollar budgets and stuff, and of course they can create that, but. It's still someone had to have that idea, you know, and seeing it and ha seeing them execute it, just amazing to me. It's unbelievable. Lately, she's been watching a lot of Game of Thrones, and I've always just stayed away from it. it I haven't just, watched I, it either. I just know it's not one of my things. And like when they have tits come on the screen, it's a great show. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> you gotta that's wait. why I want to watch. We're it. like, that's we gotta wait list. another episode and a half to see some more Bush. So let's just I'll just tune out and do my computer work. But like. To think, even though I don't like it, that somebody came up with every idea for every word, every bit of set, the way right. this, this person approached this one, the lighting, and all those other things. Like, you could stay busy for hours trying to figure out, you're like, well, why did they light, not go a light light? Or, you know what I mean? Like, why is it dim? Everything's there? intentional, man. Absolutely. It, and, but everything's intentional, but not intentional. <laughs> you know, that, that goes, goes into overthink, overthinking it, right? Like, mm 
you know, we do things all the time and, and, uh, you know, people want to say that everything's super planned out, but, you know, maybe on set, they're like, actually, all right. no, let's, let's shoot right here. Why not? Or somebody might improvise a line that they've crafted so, a reading so what, table a yeah, hundred times, but you, it just came out naturally. And, and, that, and it was better, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what makes these images beautiful, though, is because it's not exactly what everyone imagined it would be. You know, I've been on sets where people are freaking out because it's not going their way, but it ends up looking better, mm-hmm. I think, you know, allowing allowing for malleability is so, so good in, in, in anything you do. I think that's like we said before we started taping, like all these conversations don't have, like I don't have a full outline of need to ask this, need to ask this, but at the same time, I know different areas I want to go to, but why should we hinder ourselves sticking to the script when, yeah, you know, the way that Will asks you the question, like we said, that it might happen. He asked the question, which then spurred me to be like, oh, let's go deeper into that, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think that if you have a script and you stick to it 100%, nothing really, nothing is going to come out the way you want it to. It's like if you were to go on vacation and you have a every 15-minute itinerary where if you kind of just throw it out the window but you know it's around, yeah. you probably have a lot better time. Yeah, I'm totally about, you know, just going with the flow and, and feeling things out. And planning, you know, you, you should have a plan to an extent because a plan shows you care about something, mm-hmm. um, but you shouldn't let it overtake you. Right. You, you should, know, I would say you should research it, but you know. Yeah. If, I mean, as, if, as you, long, if, if I walked in here, you had no, no idea about me, then that would like, be ridiculous. So, uh, you, so who are you? You're, you're a guy that wears glasses. You come up on my Instagram feed a lot. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to have a plan, but, but then they, you know. You got to be free with it. You got because nothing. If you think everything needs to go as planned, then nothing will ever go right, <laughs> and you'll be in total chaos. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, let's move into another one. Somebody that you uh, may or may not know. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about the podcast so far? Like your absolute like sticks out to you, what you look forward to type of thing. So what's been your favorite thing so far in the last year and kind of I think where she was going at is there anything that sticks out? Creating my podcast? Yeah, the stir fry. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, one thing that sticks out to me is really the amount of people I get to meet and and the joy it brings me. Um, We've had so many amazing people that are from Cleveland that don't get to be don't get to say what they want to say and have their voice be heard. Mm -hmm. And it's so great to be kind of a show where we can do that. And and it's it's like, I I just want to know people, you know, I just want to meet people. I just want to have a connection with people, with new people. Um, Because I know that, you know, I don't know everything. I'm not, uh, I'm decent at videos, you know, but I'm not the greatest. I can learn from people. And, And I think that's been probably the greatest thing that's come from this doing this journey uh, because, you know, for me, it's not about the numbers. You know, I can, I can have 200 listens. I could have five listens. I could have 4,000 listens. I don't care. If it's not a good conversation, then, you know, what are we doing? If I'm not, you know, connecting with somebody, then what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think networking is the biggest and most valuable asset to come out of podcasting, you know, it's like, yeah, hopefully money down the line will, will line up, but 
if you're not connecting with people, then it's, it's out the window. And that, and that's what I love about it. And every week I get to meet a new person with a new story that is doing something amazing. I, I think I agree with 99% of that is why I do it as well. Yeah. Where, I mean, you, you look at my, uh, my anchor ad revenue, I think is at like 50 bucks for the year. But when you look at the people that I've sat down with, there's been three or four people that had no website, had no idea why they even should have a website. That after yeah. sitting here and having a conversation with them, learning what they do, I'm like, well, why don't you do a site and do something like this? Yeah. Next thing you know, we're working together. I'm building them a site or working on a marketing campaign. And you get to see the transition of this dude that was on my show a year ago that had a vision but didn't really know where to go. I was able to kind of say, hey, I, I talked to this person, they do video. I talked to this person, they, they're an editor, yada, yada, kind of build that network. And just put it out there. Put people to work. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great feeling not only for myself to get work out of doing a podcast, but actually be like, oh, well, you need to do a mu music video. You should probably tap in with Chef T or Skeleton Studios. If you don't know anything about them, I have two hour-long episodes, one with you, one with them. They do different type of things. What direction are you looking for? But go look at these guys. Or yeah. You need music. I got 20 different rappers. Go talk to them. Yeah, you're exactly. You're building that network. You're you're interlacing people, you know, and connecting people. Seeing them grow is great. Right. I think that's amazing. I think podcasting, where we call Instagram and everything social networking, yeah. podcasting is actually social networking. You and I are sitting here, like you said, we're in a room face to face. I'd much rather doing these than the, the Skype ones. They're they're awful to do. I don't know if you. I don't think you guys have done. I've done. We did. We did one awful to do the, the slight difference of timing from there to here or trying to fu fully keep attention and different things it just it's the connectivity isn't there it's that you don't feel it in the room and to me it's harder to listen to them yeah especially if you don't know the person like we our, our first one we wanted to do with somebody we knew that makes so we sense just, we did the buddy with ken the barber down down south he's in charlotte but we knew him so right. you know it made it easier i just wanted to test the waters um, I agree with you. In person is obviously way better. Mm -hmm. There's no hiccups. You know, there's it's your boom right there. Right. And, and you're right. And this is why I tell all my guests, though, um, is when do you get to sit down with somebody for an hour and talk? Never. Right. You don't even do that with your family. You know what I'm saying? Like you <laughs> Absolutely. don't. You don't sit at a dinner. Like most people don't sit at a dinner table anymore. Phones away and talk. Right. You know, and that's what it brings you. I, 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 you know, it's amazing. It's amazing what podcasting has done in, in the social aspect. Mm, for sure. Or you look at a Joe Rogan who is the top of the top. Think about how many no-name comedians are now, you know, headlining arenas or... Netflix or people specials. that write books. Exactly. Pe you know, people that do anything, right? scientists or whatever, because he had a platform and because you could sit down for three hours, yeah. you're, you're going to know if somebody's full of shit after 20 minutes. Exactly. You know, it's not like a presidential debate. You have two minutes to just say something. Now it's, all right, well, you, you do videos. If I ask you video questions and you're sitting there like... Frame rate? I don't know. Then you're like, oh, does he really know his he's stuff? He's not opposed, opposed yeah. to, You're like, oh, like the way this dude's lighting up when he's talking about frame rates. You're like, oh, clearly this is what he does. We should tap into this guy. He has passion. Work with that guy. Yeah, and that's what I love about Joe Rogan. I think he's built this empire on authenticity, right? This is what he's interested in. Yeah, but he's real with you. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's something that was missing before, mm -hmm. and that's what everyone found in him. You know, and that's why radio is going down. People don't want to be censored anymore. Absolutely. People don't want to hear bullshit. <laughs> you know, that's at the end of the day, that's it. Like, I don't want to hear some dude with a radio voice, you know. Today with all these, Yeah, with all these filters, with all these ads. Mm. Like, okay, Joe Rogan has ads in the beginning and the end. You can skip them if you want. 
right? Which I usually do. And I mean, now that he's on Spotify, it just plays right away. But before, like, I knew exactly how many times I had to hit that button to be. I know. I was like, all right, I need it at 730, 7.30. <laughs> like, it's going to be, oh, this is a three and a half. It's going to be nine. It's going to be nine. So let yeah. me go ahead and get about 10 minutes and go back one or two. What are the um, top three podcasts that you listen to? Being a podcast uh, yeah. enthusiast. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan's number one. And then Two Bears, One Cave is, like, I mean, close second. That's my favorite one. Right. With Burt Kreischer and uh, Tom Segura. Just, like, if you need a laugh, it's just hilarious to hear to hear them interact. And mm-hmm. just funny, funny, funny people. Um, and those are the main two I listen to. And then I also listen to, I have a few more, um, but I don't listen to them as much. The other one is, gosh, I can't even remember it. But it's a filmmaking one. It's, um, God, I can't think about it. I don't know. But that, but the the last one's a, a filmmaking one. And I listen to that when I'm trying to get inspired sometimes. Mm-hmm. And those, that's pretty much it. Like, I was, I dove deep into it, you know, about a year ago. But after I started creating my own, I started, you know, I stopped listening to as many podcasts as I, as I was right. listening to. And kind of focused it on... The two that I like the most. That makes sense. I almost always, uh, if I'm doing labor, it's Joe Rogan in my ears. And then oh yeah, I, I usually try to listen to one or two episodes of anybody that I see online to kind of see, all right, what is this other podcast doing? Is there any idea that I'm not bringing? Is there a delivery I'm not bringing? Kind of more so just instead of looking for entertainment, kind of just looking to see like, to learn. Who, like what else is the industry doing? Like so that I don't get so ingrained in my own process that I end up missing. Like one thing that I love that you guys are doing is the, uh, the dish. Is that the right no, the side dish? The side dish. Yeah. Where yeah. you kind of just chop up and you only give the questions. And if it's a good enough question or they give it a good enough answer, I'm like, God damn it. Now I got to go find the video. I got to know exactly what what happened there. Yeah. Like the way that you guys chop those up, I'm like, all right, so I need to do something, not that, but something to give a little bit more intrigue to like pull it there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, that was the goal of, of that. Th- it works. Yeah. It works. I appreciate it. Yeah. Because we just want to try something new. And we're like, we already have them here. We might as well make two content out of it. Right. And do something that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, because, <laughs> I don't know, we had some funny, goofy ones. You know? <laughs> and it's just cool to get it. That's what we do in the beginning. Right. So kinda, it kind of gets, yeah, it kind of gets everyone just like laughing, just having fun. Yeah, when I was on, uh, both times I was on the Lavish Journey podcast, he does kind of the same thing of like, would you rather be a turtle or a dinosaur and why? Or like, those kind of weird questions. And I was like, all right, now let's get into, all right, what do you do? You do marketing, you do podcasting. Yeah. Like, all right, now everybody knows that I'm, I'm going, not going to be a dinosaur, I'm going to be a turtle or whatever. <laughs> right, know, yeah. But whatever. Um, within the podcasting, you said that your favorite thing is making the connections. Yeah. How do you make an interview that you're sitting there and you're like, fuck, how long do I have left? How do you flip that to get the person talking more or to get whatever content you're, you're looking for out of them? See, that's the good thing about having a co-host. You know, we can work together to get them to talk. Or if they don't want to talk much... I'll talk all day. Right. Well, me and Will will just have a conversation. Because your yeah. first, what, probably 10 or so episodes just me and were Will. just you and, you and Will, right? Yeah. So we have no problem. That's the thing about our podcast. Yes, you know, I want to learn about the person, but also I want to have a conversation. Like, it's not all just about the, the person that's a guest. It's kind of about all of us and learning and just talking and, mm-hmm. and maybe over a topic or, you know, maybe over music or whatever it is. And... If they don't want to answer and if they're, you know, I understand people get nervous and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to make people feel uncomfortable. So what we'll do is, you know, we'll kind of um, 
if they don't an if they answer like one word questions right mm -hmm. we might go into depth oh okay well how does it make you feel or how long have you been doing it or you know do you have any questions you know how are you doing mm -hmm. just something to get them talking and relaxed you know it's a tough thing some people are short mm -hmm. some people don't deliver the content that you would hope they would deliver right um and that's okay just i guess it would just be try to read them try to get where they're leaning to and i think that's what we're kind of good at we're trying to you know what are they really interested in get them kind of sparked up that makes sense yeah i think too like you said having that co-host to where if whatever you're not doing whatever you're doing isn't working you kind of give him the look like hey uh, you got any ideas and i will i'll be like <laughs> it's a good thing i hit him in the middle i can just nudge him but that's like, awesome uh what from film school um you went to uh, bowling green right yeah bowling green uh what from film school was so valuable that or was there anything that was so valuable that you learned there that you think that maybe if you didn't go and you just try to learn everything on your own would you have missed anything I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't go to school. Mm -hmm. As um, far as just your work or the job that just you who have? I, just who I am. Nice. It has nothing to do with job, nothing. Just who I am as a person. School might be costly and not everyone's, you know, meant to go to school or whatever. But, you know, I think that for me, it created this experience. You know, it shaped me into, into who I am and a better human being, I think. Um, matured me and and it brought me resources and networked me you know now I, I know everybody and, and without school I wouldn't do videography because I kind of learned what I wanted to do while I was in school did you go for another thing and switch or yeah so my first two years so I actually want to take it back so when I was young I did you know I made videos for YouTube I was obsessed with videos. I wanted to be, um, when I was really, I wanted to be a rapper. And then, you know, when I matured a little bit, I wanted to be a director, you know, when I was in like early middle school, um, late elementary. Uh, and then what happened was I kind of lost that once I hit high school and I kind of started playing football and I was just, you know, hanging around, drinking, you know, all that type of stuff, partying. And then I got to college and everyone's like, hey, you know, you got to be smart and they're like, oh, you'd be great at business because, you know, I was like a little more charismatic and, and funny. Um, and I was like, all right, yeah, it's smart business. My family respects it. Let's just go into business, mm -hmm. marketing. I like I like marketing. You know, I like I enjoy it. But then my freshman year, I actually ended up getting an internship at Aflac. But that's insurance, right? Yeah, which is the worst. It was the worst thing ever, <laughs> to be honest, like in my point of view, and what I experienced, not everybody may be like this, but they were, they were sleazy, you know, they were sleazy and they were screwing over small business owners and it was sad, you know, and they just, I was cold calling, walking in places that, that in Bowling Green is not that big and people have been there, interns have been there forever, knocking on their doors, right? right? And they're like, oh my God, this guy again. And it was discouraging, you know? And then I went through this whole phase, I was like, okay, whatever, that's not me, I'm going to go marketing. Um... You know, more on the, the creative side, if I could. And I remember sitting down one day in class, and this was my marketing class I loved, because uh, the professor, Dr. Reed, would play these these commercials for us, and we'd have to analyze what was effective and what was not effective. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. I'd raise my hand every time, sit in the front of the class. I was like, this is amazing. And then one day he, he said something. He's like, you know, if you want to 
to do this stuff. This is the wrong major for you. You know, this isn't, marketing isn't for creatives. I mean, it, it has an aspect of it when you're doing advertising and stuff like that, but it's not to create. Right. You know, you don't get into marketing to create. You get into marketing to strategize. Yeah, you're, you're more you know, so reverse engineering the results you want to. And then someone else is going to create it once yeah. you have the plan. But but, and that struck me, and it, it sat in my head for a while. You know, then I went, then I had like this whole phase where, you know, um, I was like depressed. I didn't know what to do with my life. You know, and, and like like a lot of times you just fall into this black hole of like. What can my future look like? Am I going to ever be successful? Mm -hmm. You know, what is that going to be? What is that going to look like? And, you know, I had to go back to my roots. And I had uh, this roommate, Donnie, um, who's one of my fraternity brothers. And we got super close. And he, he, you know, he always was preaching positivity and to pursue, like, your dreams and stuff like that. And um, and without, he kind of helped me push into that. You know, he was always supportive. He was like, you know, you know, you're always creative, you're always creating things, you know, whether it's album art or making music, you're always doing it, you should just do what you love. What would you love to do if, you know, you could do anything? I was like, you know what, I've always wanted to become a filmmaker. I've always wanted to become a director. And I said, you know what, I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what, this is it. I need to decide. Mm -hmm. You know, it's either, it's either I take the leap or I'd be comfortable. And I said, "Fuck it, I'm taking the leap." Absolutely. And and then and then I end up going to the, going up to the the office and saying, "I want to switch majors." People looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, now, now what? You know, now now I proved that I could do I could do what I said I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. And I there was no looking back after I made the decision. And I'm so thankful I made that decision. So thankful that those things happened so I can learn and become who I am. That was like the best. Bowling Green needs to hire this dude for. Like, <laughs> thanks for the sponsor. <laughs> so but before I release this, I have to go to Bowling Green. And be like, hey, I can put this part of the segment in, but it's going to cost you tuition for my wife's daughter. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of anybody speak that highly of college in a long time. A lot of content that I've made is kind of like anti-college, just because I'm anti-college. But because I'm anti-college, since I was 21, I've kind of ran businesses my whole life the same yeah. thing that you said I've, instead of taking that guaranteed x amount of dollars at the end of the week i'm going for a really high week this week a negative week that way and let's try to put it together next week three right i could do this i could figure out how to get a skill i could get a tool i could go to it but a lot of people don't do that where i think too everything you mentioned about college was more so the people you met the experiences opposed to the actual the the classroom learning Right, yeah. Um, is there any uh, resources that kind of have helped you since college? Um, obviously YouTube, I'm sure, but are there any specific uh, film people or just directors that you kind of look to as co constant inspiration? Yeah, well, so I want to go back to like what you said in the beginning. The resources, so Bowling Green did offer me great resources in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, I'm, believe me, I'm not the hugest fan of Bowling Green and their decisions, what they do. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of anti-college in the fact of money right you know i don't believe i think they tax the hell out of you and i think that um they're taking advantage of other students a lot of times you know but but uh, it's the world we live in sadly and i hope one day i can help to change that but when i switched my mate now business i don't believe i learned that much in business you learn definitions in business i didn't yeah i don't really think that it helped me any in mm -hmm. any way other than seeing a bunch of fake 
people around <laughs> doing their gosh dude college of business kids they're dude especially the tryhards the worst that's what made me super anti anti like business and stuff like that um because you don't you don't need to take business classes to be an entrepreneur. No. No. I'd much rather take a skill and then become an entrepreneur that way of what I'm passionate about. But anyways, when I switched to film production and, and their department, whole new world. What was it? I was doing things. I was learning how to do things because I was hands-on. You know, I, I had, I had uh, amazing equipment. I had amazing, you know, cameras and lights and all that type of stuff. And I had people that were super passionate about it around me. And the professors were amazing, dude. I've never connected so much with, with the professor. Because, you know, in business, it's not like that. Right. And in here, it, it opened a whole new light. I got to actually sit and talk and learn. And he was just like, just like me. You know, he's a creative. He, he wants to, to constantly learn. He, he did the teaching job so he can constantly create. Right. And, and, it's, and that helped me a lot. You know, having those resources. A lot of my early music videos were created with resources from Bowling Green and from their film department. Nice. You know, I could take out lights. Now the equipment I didn't have, you know, I could take out now. Absolutely. And I had a bunch of people that wanted to do the same exact thing. Yeah, so if you had a project, it will, I'm sure you just could find a couple people you knew in class that say, hey, I need some extra people hands-on. And Yeah, I wish I would have done that more. I was, again, my stubbornness, I'm yeah, always you like... You do it all yourself? I got my, yeah, I mean, I, I had to prove myself. It's basically what happened, you right. know. I came in there when I was a junior, right? Most of these people have known each other since they were freshmen. So I feel like I had to prove myself. So what I would do is I would, you know, I would be like, okay, I need to make... I'll, I'll work, like, I was working two jobs, you know, I was working at... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and I worked at the, uh, eventually ended up getting a job at um, a local TBS station there, and, and I was like, no, I need to create like two music videos a week. I need to grind, I need to prove myself in this, in this degree. You know, I'm jumping in, I'm behind, I need to, to catch up. And it did take away from the, some of the collaboration my junior year, but my senior year, I'd let that go. Mm -hmm. You know, and all the work that I produced, people respected me. And I was able to do the collaborations. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, it worked out, but it was just, I wish I would have done that and been more open and not so stubborn Makes when sense. I first jumped into it. Yeah. You just, yeah. you had to prove it for yourself instead of Yeah, it was more like a mental game. Yeah. And they kind of grew out of that and now you got a co-host and you guys blend everything together. And I'm, yeah, dude, if you would have, <laughs> I don't know if my, my junior of college, I was more like, it, it was all about proving. It was all about proving something. I don't know why I was trying to prove, but it was all about proving something. And then I said, you know what? I need to be more open. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to, I don't know everything. And I'll never be able to create what I want just by myself. Absolutely. I was just thinking too, as I was giving you credit for your, your growth there, not only do you do a show with your roommate, but you've also decided to completely make stress in your life. And you're doing a show now with your girlfriend as well, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how did that, uh, let's give that a quick little free plug. It's what, su super hot? Super hot couple. There it is. Yeah, so, there it is. How did that come? You guys just both like eating hot food? and decided, Oh yeah, uh, my girlfriend's obsessed with hot stuff. <laughs> she just, like, I'm telling her she'll like drink hot sauce. Nice. Sriracha? Nothing. Dude, I bought it, yeah. I bought her like two giant, th the giant ones you can get. Right. Already gone. I, her birthday <laughs> was August, like August 18th. She already downed those. Like. So you guys are not only trying different hot sauces, but then you have kind of a scale that you're rating yeah. them on. Are you kind of trying to build up a, a overall favorite list or what's kind of the end goal with your rating and everything? Yeah, it's kind of to give people an overall idea of, you know, what the hot sauce is. And it's fun, you know, it, 
you know, whether it turns into something down the road, it's just fun to do with me and her. And it's also cool because, you know, when I watch Hot Ones, for example, I don't really know what the hot sauce is tastes like or you know they don't they just give a reaction right i kind of want to go more in depth you know is it like what can i eat it with what can i you know is it tasty is it is it super hot to where i can't even you know eat a meal with it and of course things are all subjective you know things that you may find hot may not be hot to me Mm -hmm. but you know if i can give some sort of you know advice of what of what it is and that's the goal of it. That makes sense. Do you have any uh, tips or do not do's of work of creating with with a significant other? Just don't piss her off before an episode. If you piss her off before the episode, does she just make sure that she feels nothing and makes you look like a bitch? Oh shoot, no, she just <laughs> wouldn't do the. She wouldn't do she it. She wouldn't do it. <laughs> if I piss her off, show is done. <clears throat> Which I tend to do a lot. No, <laughs> no but no. Uh, I mean, it's cool. It's just you know, communication obviously is good. In anything, mm-hmm. um, you know. To make sure, okay, this is she's not into this stuff, right? So I need to make sure that she knows exactly how long it's gonna take, when we plan to shoot, and that needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, I just communication, I guess, is the biggest key factor. If you're, especially when you're not a create, when she's not creative herself, mm-hmm. and especially how long things take. Yeah, you, you, know. you do a lot of editing with that, so um, I could imagine that's not a, a quick just have a chicken wing and call it a day. Yeah, man, I hate that I'm always extra with. I'm always extra with editing. I have to make sure it's, everything's perfect and it drives me nuts. Because some people could just get away with just iPhone out, take a bite, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I always have to go overboard. <laughs> we did a, a, I still have to edit it all together, but we, uh, Maura went to World Market, right? Yeah. And she bought like $100 worth of the craziest type of weird like snacks and things like that. And we sat out there with her daughter and I got a hilarious TikTok clip out of it. Lily... <laughs> Lily ripped ass so loud and like I was able to go through editing like it was funny when it happened you know as, as things are when kids yeah. just erupt and I was like all right I go back and I play with the footage a little bit and I was like oh you guys are gonna love this taking that extra five ten minutes to really zoom in on her face I realized about 20 or 30 seconds before the funny she knew it was coming like you saw it in the face and I did the quick zoom into the yeah. face and she was like <laughs> And then next thing you know, it's just, and then everybody just erupts. But I was like, it's that editing to be able to zoom in to catch that before it happened. Like, yeah. pay attention here. It's coming here. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it enhances it, really. Absolutely. And if you take the extra step, people see it, and it makes it more funny. Then it would just be if it was just a still clip, right. you know? Yeah, it's not just like, oh, he's making fun of the kid for having some flatulence. Now it's like, oh, they were all in on this. And, like, she saw it edited and posted it. on. That was one of her best TikToks, I think. Especially, you got, and the thing about editing is, right now, people don't like dry spots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird time where any type of silence to people, even when they're watching something, makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So, then, you know, now you got to chop it up even farther. And, you know, I don't do that on the stir fry. It's all straight through. Right. Yeah, I do multi-cam sequence. But that's what, especially with short-term stuff. Boom, 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 yeah, You got to get the attention right away or just yeah. on to the next. Ah, uh, is, that, is that needed? Cut it, you right. know? Absolutely. And I mean, that that's what everyone should do when they're making stuff. They had to think about what, you know, that if something's not needed and it just takes up time, then just cut it out, you yeah. know? And I know it might take work, but it's worth it, the end product. Uh, you kind of mentioned there that you do a couple, uh, there's an impossible one way to answer this question, but is there kind of a typical editing workflow for your podcast oh yeah 
I mean, I do the you, same. You have it down to science. And oh life. yeah, you know, I'll do it like I'll do it in the morning. Um, so so you, you film right now. Do you wait till the next day to get into it? Oh yeah, so we have one in the bank at all times. Okay. So we do every week on Thursdays, shoot it. Then the usually Monday, I'll go ahead and it releases at Tuesday at 10 a.m. Monday, I'll edit the person from the previous week. Um, I'll edit their episode in the morning, do the audio stuff, get that all squared away. Then I'll set myself up for, you know, after work um, to do the to do the um, multi-cam sequence. So I'll put all my clips. I have a 4K camera, so I'm able to punch in and it still looks clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll create four different things and I'll put it in, I'll nest them and, and put it into a sequence. And that way I only have to hit one, two, three, and four. Watch all the way through, never have to hit that pause button, ne- nothing. Right. So I'll watch it all the way through. It'll take me however long the episode is and i'll in my right hand i'll jot down time codes of you know good eps, good sound bites i guess and i'll, I'll type down sound, sound sound codes for uh sound bites and then i'll also do like um quotes if someone has a good quote or you know any stuff like that and i'll just hit one two three four all the way through work on the snippets right after that send it all out done and uh Honey, you listen to that. Did you understand anything of what he just said? Nothing. No. <laughs> from from that, okay, I, yeah. from, from that, I got that you're using Premiere Pro. <laughs> yes, Premiere Pro. Um, the one, two, three, four, that's all of your shortcut keys of, that's the number of each camera that you're working with. Yeah, that's in a reach camera. And then, yep. and your time codes, that's so that you could not have to edit everything, then go back to then figure right. out what you wanted to do. That's kind of that time-saving method of you already have, you, at least the area of where you should be going. I'm all about, efi- yeah, I'm all about efficiency. If I'm, if I'm spending all the time doing it, I want to do it as fast as I can and as great as I can mm-hmm. without any headaches and... You know, the the multi-cam sequence lets it, you know, be upbeat and not drag a little bit. Right. And keeps people's entertainment while also being able to, you know, with my other hand, jot down codes. And, you know, I don't use, I have like a method where, you know, I'll star them, like while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'll star and then whatever ones have the most stars is what I'll pull gotcha. for the snippet. That makes sense. You know, just so I have backups just in case one I didn't like one or something like that. But, yeah, I mean... It's about efficiency. If you can, you know, if you don't know how to do something, just look it up and, and it'll help you so much. You know, I didn't know how to do multi-cam. I didn't know anything about that. It's, it's amazing too, like you said, how simple, as long as you know the term of what it is, like when I, I copied your, your style the other day. Yeah, yeah. I'd watched enough of them. I was like, I like the way that works. I had it in my head. I was like, the, the CBG Bands episode I recently did, I was like, that one. I was like, I got a couple of things I could play with that and... I also started a new uh, promo thing for the show of, I've mentioned it to you, but we're making cartoons out of the people that have been on the show, putting that on merch. And if the merch sells, that then becomes a budget for just ads for your, your episode. Yeah. So he, he was really doing great with merch. Off the first day, he had like six items sold. I was like, all right, we need to push this. We, I, I need to make better clips because you just put together a nice advertising budget. So let's figure, yeah, yeah. Fi- figure it out. And I was like, all right, let cool me figure idea. it out. And I couldn't quite figure it out. I was like, all right, so it's... I'm trying to think of, of what that is. I'm like, so it's kind of a blur. But then I was like, how does he do that? So I've made some different layers and put all the different layers together. It's all together. about layering. Yeah. Do a little bit of a blur. And yours is way cleaner. But I was like, all right, I'm on to something. 
But just like that, if I know that it's a blur, I know that it's different cameras, multicam, then I go to YouTube with one of those words. Yeah. And just, within a half hour, I could figure out just about a You could do it. Yeah, click. exactly. That's the beauty of learning, dude, and beauty of YouTube. It's mm -hmm. just everything's at your fingertips right now. I love uh, Premiere Girl. You ever watch any of hers? That's actually where I learned how to do the multicam. She's her, all, all, all of those. We watch the same multicam thing then for sure. Yeah. But like all of the way that she explains everything, you're like, and she goes slow enough that you're like, all right, here, here. All right. Boom, boom. Opposed to you, some of the guys, you're like, I watched you do it, but how, what the fuck did he just click? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> like now I got to go like back. go off to your screen and go slow, slow, slow. All right. So that's where he's clicking. Yeah. And I've done this enough and I've watched enough YouTube tutorials. You know, back right. in the day I was, you know, when I first started out, I'd eat my lunch, I'd watch YouTube tutorials. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'd have any downtime, I'd watch YouTube tutorials. It was all about learning. And now I know enough, and I still still learn. Right. You know, I still watch, you know, YouTube videos all the time about how can I do things better. But I've learned enough now to where I'm confident and I can accomplish things on my own because I know how to use the tools. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like if you're trying to create something, take the time to learn. Take right. the time to sit there for an hour or two hours a day and just take in stuff and obviously you're gonna have to revisit it right but at least you'll have an idea of like what you can do absolutely yeah um are there any uh places any websites or anything that you really recommend for any bits of transitions or different effects for anybody else that's trying to get, get their start in uh making videos um ycm imaging is a cool dude on YouTube mm. he has some cool tutorials super laid-back authentic dude um, He's where I got a lot of like my music video tips kind of and And as I've watched him he's grown to be even better now, right? So he's got great content out there uh, You know, I really enjoy Peter McKinnon's cool mm. for photography stuff and he has some cool ass videography stuff uh, I like with him how his intro shot Sometimes like it'll be this cool intro shot and then he'll go through and break down like where he put each camera for different things or like how he like talking about Peter McKinnon. Yeah, I think that's Peter McKinnon that I'm thinking of, but I think so. Yeah, no, I think um, yeah, he's been he's he, he's as big as it gets, right? You know, when it comes to tutorials, when it comes to videography, photography stuff, he's huge. When's the Chef T videography tutorial series coming? I feel, I feel, you know, like, I feel like there's at least a couple of them recorded in a vault somewhere. I could be wrong. So, no, I'm not. I thought about that. Will's told me to do it all the time. Uh, it's just not my forte. Mm -hmm. um, I like to teach people, but that is a different kind of of thing. You know, I would rather just create. Mm -hmm. And if I'm teaching people how to create. I would rather do it in a personal setting. That makes sense. You know, so one of the goals I, I have to do in my lifetime is, is start a nonprofit where I give people the opportunity, you know, in, in like East Cleveland to have access to creative materials and, and, and get their hands on, you know, equipment that they won't have. Kind of the and same. That's the, kind of the experience that you got that kind of started everything down at yeah, PG, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, giving someone an environment is a key, mm -hmm. a place. You know, and I, I mean, yeah, if I was searching for just numbers and clout and, you know, stuff like that, I might do that. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to preach ideology, mm -hmm. you know, because that's like, 
you can search the same thing and fi- find something out, you right. know. And someone's put in more effort, and they're not as good at some things that I'm good at. So let them be the teacher. That makes sense. You know, that's Absolutely. how. That's just how I see. It. I just know yeah. my weaknesses and my, my. You know the lane you're trying to go, and yeah. though you could probably do that, you you don't see the time that would take matching the benefit of kind of just of, yeah of, of who I am and what I do. Yeah, right. it's just it wouldn't match me. That makes sense. I got two or three things left in my little memory bank that I want to cover. I know okay. we've been rolling for a while. Uh, you did. I talk a lot, so. No, dude, you're good. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. The few times I've been on somebody else's podcast, like that switch of like, oh, I have to do the talking now. I don't just sit and listen and try to come up with questions from what he just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, but you did a video for Amon Shumper, right? Yes. Um, I got to know the backstory of how all that happened. Let just walk us through that whole scenario. Again, it's about being friendly and authentic and you know knowing people and networking with people man because without me being myself and without networking i would never have the opportunity um one of my good friends shout to xavier white i hope you watch this <laughs> but uh he really helped me he he's friends with um he works at bogside he's one of my good friends that i've known forever and he's really which telling everybody at the bar you know doughboys so basically dame is Doughboy's good friend, um, but you know Doughboy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Doughboy's good friend, and they hang out boxside all the time. And Dame's like Dame's like the most respectable G in, out here. So you know he knows everybody. And he Xavier showed him my stuff. He's like whatever, you know. He showed myself again. He kept talking about it. Kept talking about it. And I met Dame, and I was like, hey, what's up, man? You know, super just myself and and all that. And I get a phone call one day, like, hey. Chef T, what you doing right now? <laughs> and it's a Friday night, and I'm like, you know, just chilling, man. What's good? And he's like, uh, I need you to do me a favor. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, Ben West and Amon Shumper need a video. I shit myself. I was like, <laughs> you got it, man. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Name and place. You tell me the time, I'm there. And that's really how it happened, really just like that. I was able to connect with Ben West, who's, I can call him any day right now you know i can call him right now he'd answer and be like what's up chef t like let's shoot a video or something right. you know and you know aman i don't have his number <laughs> gonna be transparent i have his email though i'll sell it to you for uh 100 bucks <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> no but um no it was cool that uh to get the opportunity and it was just from just creating and being and being ready for the opportunity to to, to be set in my lap mm-hmm. uh because people tend to think you know these people seem unapproachable. These people seem out of, you know, out of touch. How can I ever get that, you know? But really, everyone's just human, man. You know, right? We put, like, the saying is what? We put both legs in our pants at the same way. Right. I don't know if that's the right saying. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> all, but we know the sentiment. We're close. We're people close. have said enough variations of it. You yeah. can fuck it up however you want and everybody knows what you mean. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's like the opportunity came to me and it was an amazing experience to get to see somebody that I thought I saw in the, the 2016, you know, championship and he seemed crazy, larger than life. Right. And, and meeting him and he was a cool dude, you know, and... I stayed confident throughout the whole thing, you know. Like I was saying earlier, when I was shooting by myself, when I was a junior and stuff, and I was kind of like stubborn, I was also insecure. And I probably went into the fact why I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. But now I know who I am, and I was confident. You know, I was like, this is my chance to prove myself. And I did it, and they loved it. 
you know they loved what I did with the you know the the video and it was one of my cleanest videos to be honest with you was that your whole concept and everything or were you just the man no, dude, the camera look or? look I showed up there they already had whatever plan they had if I had an idea it would have been a way better video just saying <laughs> well they all they both know it they know that like it was no concept to it there mm -hmm. was just like shoot and I had to do my magic of editing which is like where the magic comes in but um yeah I just showed up and I was like you know this would be cool this would be cool let's do it here and then I started running the show you know when I first got there it was kind of like I was feeling people I didn't know either either right. person or anybody really other than Dame and I just had to feel it out then I was, got enough confidence to be like you know what no let's shoot here let's shoot this angle and man getting a Montchumper to do anything is tough especially <laughs> when there's like 50 kids in in South Euclid running running around trying to get his attention right you know I'm like all right I'm like all right kids this is the scene where we had to walk in the street we only had one chance at that because the sun was going down and I knew my camera didn't have good low light quality so I'm like we need to get the shot now and I was just like super come on let's go right now we need to go in the street and it worked you nice. know because I was confident in myself and I was assertive and they you know I, I had a job to do and they knew right. that, you know. You, put, you you got called to play the part, and you played it, and... I played it, you know, and I was surprised at how well it went. Because <laughs> if you'd asked me, like, an hour before, I would have been fucking shaken. Right. Probably, like, I was probably shaken during that time. I mean, it's kind of like you got called up from the minor leagues to the majors, and you're yeah. like, all right, well, I know how to pitch. I just got to find the strike zone. Yeah. And at the same time, how great of an opportunity that was. Um, you know, I had a podcast today that came out, and James Drew had a good point. And he said, you know, we need to stop having a lottery ticket mentality. Right. And that is so important. You know, I'm not, now that I, sh I shot for a Montreal and Ben West, Ben West hanging out with Fredo Santana. You know, he was in the, he was in uh, Cardi, Playboy Cardi was sleeping on Fredo Santana's couch when Ben West lived there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were all there. They have connections. You know, a Montreal's an NBA player, a musician, married to Tiana Taylor. I'm not famous right you know he didn't say hey come with me let's go to hollywood and we'll do all your dreams like no right you know it was opportunity i cherished it and, and you know i hope more opportunities come like that but i know that i still have to keep pushing you can't just give up after one little you know someone gives you an opportunity you take it you do your best but don't expect them to drop everything for you. Yeah, you kind of put that on your highlight reel and keep moving to be like... Keep moving forward. Who can I, I get I, next? I did that. I did that. Exactly. Yeah. You're not in the same pool. You're figuring out where to, where's the next move. Yeah, where's the next move? You know, you need to keep you need to keep getting better if you, that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. The uh, the last big question that I have for you is you do have ChefT.com or ChefTFilms.com. ChefTFilms.com. Um, why not a standalone website for the podcast? So, I mean, I've had this Chef T Films since, high, uh, not high school, but I've had Chef T Films since um, about my junior year. And, you know, I mean, that's that's a thought of adding adding on to my website. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do want to create, uh, create that eventually, the stir fry. But it's a growing thing. You know, it's like, okay, now we have Instagram. Right. We have our Instagram that we set up. We're working on content for that. You know, then eventually we'll probably go up to a website. And do that. Yeah, I definitely think a uh, uh, subdomain for Chef T Films, stirfry.chefttfilms.com is the way to run that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was figuring. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, just 
I know just personally speaking that I get far more, not only data, but far more listens through my website than any social media that I'm promoting. Um, give me a month after this comes out and you type in Chef T, I guarantee you Colin comes up somewhere on the first three, three lines. So kind of just knowing how to use a little bit of extra SEO for, um, especially when you guys are doing topic oriented stuff. I mean, you yeah. guys be coming up way higher if it was on a website opposed to just Instagram or like you mentioned earlier, yeah. you don't have full control when Instagram changes something. Dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Instagram uses and abuses all of us. Oh yeah. It's supposed to be for creators, but if you don't have a budget, you're not doing shit. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> limit, I mean, it's actually preposterous how, how much they limit you, you know, before I even switched to, which I wish I never would have, but I need to promote. But it, once I switched to that business profile, you know, your likes get cut in half. Yeah. And almost like, are, are you guys More. doing the business profile or the creators? Honest, well, I think mine's creator. Mine's visual arts, so it's probably creator. Or for the for the sh podcast. Oh, we don't we don't have one. No, because we wanted to grow it organically, and we don't use that to promote. We just promote our own stuff, and then it trickles into it. Gotcha. Because I just the numbers are just better when you're not a business profile. Yeah, I, I, but I, you need to. But like, I need to promote my right. stuff. I don't really. I really don't care. You know, money's money's going towards it. Whatever new people are seeing it, right. I'm fine with that. But. They they just have so much control over your life. Yeah, it's, it's I, I love the this is the one question that people there's one side of the fence or the yeah. other. Like you either hate them for limiting your reach or you're like, well, I, get, I, I didn't pay you shit, so thanks for giving me anybody. You yeah, know, I'm in the middle. You know, right? I think both are beneficial. I think that you you know if you want to grow anything, you need to promote. Right, it's essential. Doesn't matter what you're promoting on what platform, but you need to promote and then also. You know, I I hate them for y using limiting things so you have to pay. Right. Like, why can't I just, you know, it, it, if people have followed me forever, why can't they just see my stuff naturally? Right. It's fucked up to say, no, not, no, now I'm limiting you to, you know, 250 views when, you know, you naturally would get 500 views. Right. You just need to go back 10 years in time when Instagram wasn't really that big and, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Facebook's just in it for the money at the end of the day. That's what, it, I mean, that's what it is. It's a business. Yeah. I mean, it's an ad making platform. But it's, but it's sad to not even do with like, not even us, you know, we have a product, you know, we're trying to get out there. Mm -hmm. But imagine these kids, man, you know, and I'm sure it's tough having, you know, having a kid and, and seeing, and seeing like the struggle for likes. Instagram and social media is a place of validation for people now. Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up in a different era where, you know, it's not so much that these people, kids and kids and people value their whole lives on it. And, right. and it causes a lot of heartache because they don't understand the real purpose of why they're using it or what people have control over. And I mean, again, knowledge, like, I don't know if you watch The Social Dilemma. Uh, no. On Netflix. It's a good one. It's about, it's about, you know, people that were in this business and why they got out of it what the plan is for them but what's up big guy so doge but no but they you know they see they they know what they're doing right you know these people know what they're doing and it's sad to see it really right yeah i mean it's a business which everything goes bad once it becomes business <laughs> yeah once it becomes a business once it comes about like your data um you know since we're not paying for it right they're making money some elsewhere and it's 
I mean, it's by manip manipulation, you know? A lot of good things come out of it. I don't mind some advertising, but I'm like, damn, I would rock that, you know? <laughs> I'm sure that's how I found these sunglasses. I'm sure that somehow, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's beneficial in some ways if you understand it, you know? Right. But if I'm a kid and I think popularity is based on these numbers of my likes, I don't know, man. Yeah. That would tear me apart. Yeah, you got to just not think about it, but that's a hard thing for young kids to understand, for sure. Yeah, but it's about education. Maybe they should have, you know, I was thinking, I was talking to Will about this. This is another in-depth thing we talk about is like how, you know, at this point, these schools need to have education on it. Right. You know, people need to be talking about it in a setting where they'll listen because it's only going to get worse. You know, I couldn't imagine when, you know, you, these people are based on this and then they grow up. And then, then what? You know, then it's even more in depth because their kids are even farther in it right. and are in touch with, re out of touch with reality. Yeah. You know, it, it's just educating people, man. This is so important. You just need to do eight thousand more episodes on it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, to wrap this up, we got two last things. I normally do this at the beginning, but this is a uh, gift from the show, episode like. Love gifts. Like 60 episodes ago or so. We did an interview. Uh, Moore and I actually drove all the way up to upstate New York and talked with a metal fabricator, Doug Mothersell of Twisted Willow Fabrications. And afterwards, Doug made me about 40 of these. So go ahead and all open right. that up. And it's become kind of the going away gift for the show. We gave you a uh, twist-off beer today. But oh, and it's custom. Custom Collins Conversations. Steel bottle opener. You can leave that outside all year round and it won't rust. Love um, it. Again, just kind of making the... He, he saw we came up there. I, you know, promoted his show. His... Uh, actually, one of his clips was one of the best I've ever done on YouTube. It's like 4,000 views of just talking about the difference between Lincoln welders and Miller welders. Link up there. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that's great. You know I mean, so kind yeah. of just finding that hot topic button to talk about where we, you know, with you, you push the editing things or whatever. And then next thing you know, he sent me those. And I was like, well, shit, now I got to send him something. Being the marketer, I was like, he sent me these and was all about this steel because your quality or quality product. And he sent him with these really flimsy, shitty business cards, like 16 on a Microsoft Word page oh, and like yeah. sliced them. And I was like, dude, you're making... Isn't it funny how people can make stuff like this? But then <laughs> other stuff, you're like, whatever. So I made them up uh, like the hard plastic business cards and I sent them yeah. 30 or 40 or something and I was like here you know you send me a quality product let me send you one of my quality products and just keep working you know yeah that's awesome but yeah that'll last you forever and the last way I'm going to get up and reposition this I always I, I think you've caught enough of these you might have seen one I call it the digital soapbox I'm going to put the camera dead on you and you get up to one minute to end it however you want whether it's promotional inspirational let people know how to find you All right. the episode ends however you want it to end essentially cool what is up everybody it's your boy chef t thank you for watching this podcast and i just want to tell you guys one thing go ahead and create whatever it is just go out create have fun with it bring stuff into this world and that's all i can ask for and i hope you enjoyed this podcast and the show check out the stir fry where Peace can they find you oh yeah where can you find me you can find me on instagram at chef t dot films and also the stir fry podcast